Searching, emotional, high strung <laughs> edition of Wake Up 502 with Rashawn Myers. I'm your boy Rashawn Myers. UFL, look what y'all have done to with the Wake Up 502 crew. I'm literally sitting here in the station this morning, okay, searching for answers. I didn't really know what I wanted to do with the intro but i feel like it came together pretty well and just kind of encompassed all my feelings almost had it all or at least almost got it all back what louisville put on the table last night and had on the table was an opportunity it was an opportunity to opportunity to erase the memory of the syracuse game week one it was an opportunity to get to one and one in the in the conference. It was an opportunity to get some payback or you know get some bragging rights over a couple of former Louisville players that transferred to Florida State to prove that ha, maybe you didn't make the right choice. 
It was an opportunity for this team to show that they could be better than what we saw and be a better team than what we thought they could be. That was all on the table last night, y'all. And I am still highly upset and highly annoyed, and and I usually don't <laughs> – I usually don't like talking about these games until I've had decompression time. So – you all will have to forgive me as I am still very quite um, annoyed and raw by what I saw last night. But um, uh, definitely going to take all your calls and thoughts on everything that's happening. 414-1450 is the Thornton's text line. That's five, area code 502-414-1450. The Thornton's text lines, like uh, Mike Rutherford said yesterday, 63,020 locations. But that was to talk about the 63-20 to 20 victory over the Seminoles when Lamar Jackson was here. But unfortunately, we can't say that now. <laughs> but it's now the 35,000 or uh, 3,531 area locations because that was the score that Florida State beat us by. <laughs> so... I'm dealing with all of this right now, this morning. And if you want to go, of course, of course, give a call in 502-384-1450 is the wake up 502 buzz line. Love to hear from you. Um, but, you know, you can get catch me on text. You can also shoot messages to, to me through Twitter or Facebook. Uh, just look up at Rashan. That's R-A-A-S-H-A-A-N. Uh, and I'll read those thoughts uh, from the Twitterverse and uh, Facebook world as well. Uh, but, uh, you know what? I, I'm going to go ahead and get into it. And uh, once again, I always appreciate um, the athletic department, the University of Louisville, because they do put on a first-class event for every home football and every home basketball game. They are always very inviting. They always have an amazing spread uh, waiting for you um, as you prepare for the game. And it was no different yesterday. Any of you guys that show, know me on Twitter or Facebook saw the spread. I took a picture of that. Um, you could feel the excitement in the air. You could feel the excitement in the press box. Everybody had, um, you know, what I've heard some call this week, cautious optimism um, about what this team could be. They, they, they don't, you know, everybody, we talked about it. Regardless of your status or your opinion of the coach, everybody at the end of the day just wants to see the University of Louisville succeed. They want to see University of Louisville win football and basketball games because it makes you feel good. It gives you something to talk about. It gives you bragging rights in the office. Um, it just, you know, lifts your whole day up. And and I think we got a taste of that last week after, you know, what was considered an upset win over UCF. It made that Saturday night, you know, that Friday night and that Saturday feel a whole lot better. You was able to go out and be like, yeah, you know, got that win. Those are the things that happen when you have a win. So, you know, you're looking to get that fix and double it up uh, week two, uh, week three and try to, um, you know, find a way to maybe start to build some momentum for the season. Um, as you looked at it, there was an opportunity if you get this win yesterday at home over Florida State uh, that this Louisville team could maybe roll to a five and one start, which is what we talked about early in the uh, preseason. Louisville needed to get off to that, you know, five and one, six and zero oh start to guarantee they could get to seven or eight wins for the year. You know, now with where Louisville's at now, um, you know, at one and two, 
Yes, you have South Florida coming up. Yes, you have uh, Boston College coming up. Yes, yes, you have a couple of uh, easier games on the schedule. But, man, it's just it, you put yourself in a situation to where even if they go out there, beat South Florida, go on the road, knock off Boston College, go on the road, knock off Virginia, I don't think anybody's going to feel any better. And you, and th- at that point, and that winning at Virginia is a big if because Virginia literally beats Louisville every time Louisville plays them up there. I think it took a last-second um, Lamar Jackson to Jalen Smith touchdown to barely beat Virginia um, back when Lamar was still here. So it's so not a place, you know, we can't even call that a gimme game. But, like, let's just say you got all three of those next games. Um, you know, at that point, you're sitting at 4-2, and two, and I don't think you feel any better because, the you know, the back portion of the schedule is loaded. Uh, the only guaranteed victory in that last uh, in that last six are uh, what? Who? Uh, James Madison. So yeah, so you get to James Madison. That's five wins. Every other team is ranked currently. Number thir- uh, number twenty three Pitt at home. Number nineteen Wake Forest at home. Number five Clemson on the road. Number sixteen NC State at home. And then on the road to finish up the season at number nine Kentucky. So like. If Louisville's not able to go out there and beat your lesser conference foes, like, you know, a Syracuse who was picked last in the conference, um, you're not able to go out there and defeat, uh, you know, a Florida State team who loses their two best players, one on offense, one on defense, in the first half of the game, and you still find a way to lose that game. That is absolutely demoralizing. Um, and, and just something I just, I, I, I am at a loss for words. And texter in the 414-1450, the Thornton's text line said, perfect intro music. <laughs> I appreciate it. Hey, I, I had to think about it. Like, y'all, y'all don't understand. Like, I got here early and was just, like, contemplating. I was like, you know, because music is always a big part of the Wake Up 502 show. Like, I, I, I try to bring the mood up and give a vibe and a tone for the show. So I always like to have the music on point. And I thought that uh, if, if you all did not recognize it, the Charlton Heston, um, you know, at, at the end of the Planet of the Apes, when he realizes that, you know, we basically blew up the world and we were the reason that the apes took over. You know, and his just his distraught nature finding out that, you know what, it really was us. And we really did just screw everything up and we really do suck. <laughs> and I felt like that's the that's the feeling that <laughs> that this game <laughs> gave me. Like, I, I, I so, you know, I, I was I was working on it. I was figuring out. And then, of course, you know, Whitney Houston with the uh, didn't we almost have it all Um just just kind of epitomizes what was on the line last night and what Louisville allowed to slip through their fingers when they literally had every advantage. I really appreciate the uh, the media availability that I'm gifted. I was lucky enough to get the first question and the last question to Coach Satterfield in the press conference. Um, and, and he was very candid. You could tell he was upset. You know, he, he went through the game talking about what happened. You know, it's very interesting every time Coach Satterfield speaks because when he – goes and reviews the game he doesn't really give his own opinions and thoughts on the game all he does is kind of take you through step by step the instances where big plays happened for his team or the other team did something and and the reason why maybe the alignment was 
so, you know, may have caused an issue or they saw something that they were able to take advantage of. But he's just very informational um, when he starts his press conferences. When he does his opening comments, he really never tells you how he feels, what he's thinking. Um, you know, he never gives thoughts on, on uh, you know, just commentary on, on, on what he's feeling or what he thought about the game. He's really just doing kind of a rundown. Um, so I, I wanted to make it a point. You know, just to ask Coach that, um, and I wish we had the audio, but I, I asked him, I was basically like, you know, Coach, you're, co- you're going to halftime, not playing your best ball, but, you know, you have a, a 21-14 lead, so you have the it's a touchdown lead going into the half. Malik Cunningham's playing his best game of the season. The defense looked to have uh, done a lot of the similar things that they did um to uh you know last week versus UCF the defense was coming out playing well um you know on top of the fact that Jordan Travis goes down and uh number 5 the 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 defensive lineman goes down so you know i said pretty much you had everything in your favor in every angle going into this game or going into this second half so i just wanted to know was it a situation where he felt like his guys maybe took the foot off the pedal and i think coach satterfield got a little bit confused with the question um because he said he he didn't feel like um as a coaching staff they took the foot off the pedal and they continued to stay aggressive which i wholeheartedly agree with him i actually you know i know we've had a lot of conversations and complaints about um you know, Coach Satterfield's play calling, uh, especially his first down play calling. I thought his first down play calling was very good. Um, I thought it, uh, he continually kept um, the uh, defense off balance, uh, mixing up the run in the pass, um, and, and, you know, allowing Malik to do a lot more passing on the first two downs of those drives. Now, of course, they did not get it done, but, like, I at least acknowledge and recognize that Coach Satterfield definitely was trying to do some different things, um, you know, but especially in the second half, unfortunately, Malik was not able to hit some of those things, uh, and, you know, when there was opportunity out there. Um, if he just trusts his arm, trusts what he's seeing, and puts the ball into play. Um, but on the defensive side as, as well, like, I really and truly believe um, – Coach Brian Brown called a great game. Like, I, I did not see the prevent, you know, rush three, sit and sit everybody back in the zone and wait. I didn't see that. Like, I saw an aggressive scheme. I saw him continually sending four, five, sending multiple pressures. But then I just saw, you know, Johnny Wilson and his big six seven, two hundred and 235-pound tail running down the field free because he's turned around one of the defensive backs, whether it be Kendrick Duncan, uh, whether it be uh, Trey Clark. Um, it just seemed like the, 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 the defensive secondary really struggled in this game, and it really seemed like at the second level at the linebacker spot, um, they really struggled. Um, they really struggled with, uh, you know, being timid, coming up and, and feeling – uh, rush lanes to go up there and try to tackle ball handlers behind the, the line of scrimmage. Um, and they, they just really didn't do a great job of containing on the edges either. Um, and, and it just, it was one of those things where I, I will be one who will tell you that, you know, Brian Brown um, and Coach Satterfield has done a lot in terms of play calling that left a lot to be desired. But I will say this game Yesterday didn't have anything to do with that. I, I really and truly believe that they called a good game. I thought they called an aggressive game. I feel like this one, 
um, you know, while I am not a fan of the coaches always throwing the players under the bus, from what I saw schematically, I liked what the coaches did. I feel like the players did not um, execute, and that's where the problem was this game. Uh, the, the text into the Thornton's text line, 502-414-1450. Texter says, um, really not as upset and <clears throat> as I normally would be. Find myself wanting to win, but also wanting a coaching change. Can't see more than four wins this season, which definitely gets that done. And you know what? I understand. Like, you're not mad. Like, you want to see your team win, um, obviously. Um, if, if you are a supporter and a lover of UofL athletics and a lover of football, of course you want to see your team win. But I understand that, you know, every loss gets you closer um, to that ultimate move. Now, you know, coming into this game, I thought this was pretty much a do-or-die situation uh, for Coach Satterfield. But, you know, as I started to really look at the schedule, um, at least schedulely speaking, I think there's still enough opportunity out there. We kind of talked about it. If they got these next three and they got the game versus J- James Madison in November, that puts them at five wins right there. Okay, that puts them at five wins, which means they literally need one of those five games, just one, to get bowl eligible, get six and six. And in my personal opinion, I believe if Scott Satterfield goes six and six, he will be retained as the head coach at the University of Louisville. But that's a big if, because if you can allow um, Tate Roden Meyer or Rodenbender or whatever, well, what was his that? I'm going to get his name right because he, he torched Louisville so bad. I can't say whoever he is and whatever he did because, heck, we made him look like a, a superhero in the second half. Uh, There's a kid that came into the game uh, with a horrible completion percentage um, and four interceptions, and he just went crazy on Louisville. Uh, Rotomaker, Tate Rotomaker. Louisville allowed a kid that came into the season, um, you know, I think he was three of nine passing with four interceptions. Comes out today, you know, when Louisville needs this win in the, you know, uh, I almost said it, both said the Yum Center and Papa John's. <laughs> Cardinal Stadium, he came into Cardinal Stadium, goes six of 10, two touchdowns. He actually had a higher QBR than Jordan Travis did in that game. Like, make that make sense. Like, you understand Jordan Travis because of his dual threat nature, the fact that he can beat you with his legs, the fact that he can beat you with his arms may, you know, cause some issues. But Tate Rotomaker should definitely not because the kid is not going to run. If you learn to play aggressive base defense and defend both the run and the pass normally, you should be fine. The playmakers are gone. But instead, I think that Louisville came out after halftime. I think that they were overconfident. I think that they were, um, uh, you know, maybe strutting their stuff a little too hard and thinking that their stuff didn't stink. And and I think that that got them beat in the second half. Like, if Louisville goes out there, y'all, and and this is my honest opinion, um, if Louisville goes out there and gets that stop to start the second half, they get that stop, y'all. I honestly believe the game was over. If they get that stop, they let that kid drive six plays, 75 yards, go straight down the field, and score a darn touchdown. The first, And all because the defense was playing lackadaisical because they thought the game was over. And I don't understand how a team that is playing for their coach's life, is playing for respect, 
that's playing for everything on the table in front of them could come out there overconfident. It's the same thing I said in the Syracuse game one. How on earth do you have a team come out the first game of the year opening up against a conference foe that has talked all type of mess to you the whole preseason and allow them to just look like they have way more energy and way more effort put out there on the field. And, and that <clears throat> that is the thing that I just cannot put a finger on. I, I don't understand why it's happening. I don't understand, um, you know, like <clears throat> I would think that that's not the coaching staff's um, doing or instilling in them. But these kids, man, have, have just <sighs> – they have spent me to my 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 wits ends. Uh, my buddy uh, uh, Gil Folhelter on uh, on Twitter says, "Preach it, buddy." He says, uh, "The uh, he said is apathy starting to set in." Um, I, Gil, I tell you what, I don't know if apathy is setting in, but I I think that you're gonna want to have to start to watch this team. That was actually my second question um, that I put to. Coach Satterfield in the press conference, I was like, Coach, after a very, very demoralizing, um, you know, <laughs> that, uh, that was a very demoralizing uh, game or week one loss, very demoralizing to come out and uh, to start the season and lose on the road at Syracuse. Now you back that up with another snatching uh, defeat from the jaws of victory loss in game two. How do you, uh, you know, keep this team from allowing one loss to make it two or three. And, of course, he gave the the tried and true coaching answer of, you know, every game is, is one game, so we just let them know. Win or lose, you put that and pack it away, and you get ready for the next one, which I absolutely understand. But I think that I would have liked to hear there is a sense of serious urgency within this football program. We are 0-2 in the conference. This is an unacceptable start after everything that we did to try to get this team together, and we're not going to stop until we get these kids to understand the message and how they play on my football field. And and, and Coach Satterfield said that he didn't think that they let the, the, the foot off the pedal with their calling, and I absolutely agree with that. But I definitely saw, um, you know, a, a team that was playing half speed probably the first half of the third quarter, maybe to almost the end of the third quarter. But then once they realize that they were in a real game and, oh, shoot, we can win, then it's one of those situations when you're uh, slowed down and then you start freaking out and start trying to speed up again, it usually doesn't work out too well. Um, you know, once you lose that momentum, it's usually pretty much gone. Um, so, you know, they weren't able to sn- uh, snatch back the momentum. They weren't able to do anything to get this thing back on the rails. And, you know, ultimately – uh, that cost them everything. Uh, my buddy Fabian uh, Bradley on uh, Facebook, he says, Satterfield's got to go. Uh, yeah, that, that, that's what – that's a – he didn't do himself any favors, and I think everybody's going to be watching this Syracuse-Purdue game today. Um, and, and I was chatting with some guys in the press box. I saw uh, Steve Rummage up there. <laughs> And we were just chatting about everything going on. And one of the things we kind of talked about was, you know, the fact that you bet not lose again. Like, <clears throat> to you know, like like you bet not see Purdue go out there and get this win. Hold on. Now, we got uh, a caller coming in. So, we're going to go ahead and get to this caller and bring them right on the line. Uh, caller, you with me? 
Good morning, Sean. Hey, Wayne, how you doing, brother? I'm in here by myself, yeah. so I'm I, I'm taking them calls hot and live, so don't say nothing crazy. <laughs> <laughs> you know me, man. All I do is speak the truth. I'm just like you, man. I'm not trying to. I'm not. I'm not trying to trying to trying to pile on or anything. No, not but at all. That game. That game. That game should have been won. There was no reason for that defeat. And I will say two things. I, I think I keep seeing the same pattern. Yes. On the on the D, the DBs. Why do you let, why do you keep letting guys get behind you? And then secondly, what's with this arm tackling? What what happened to wrapping up? I, I thought they addressed that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They kind of just run up and try to throw them down by the shoulder pads. Right, and then that 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 giant of a receiver, six foot seven. Oh man, hey, uh, Will, uh, Wilson was a monster. John, Johnny Wilson was I, a, I mean a monster. That. I mean that. I'm not. I'm not. You know me. I'm. All, I'm always like. Hope springs eternal. Uh, I'm not. I'm, <laughs> hey, I'm hey, not throwing the towel. Hey in, Wayne, let me tell you something. Work. Johnny Wilson was everything we thought Josh Chichester was going to be. Like that's right. what I envisioned us doing with Chichester, just throw him out wide and then just throwing it down, you know, and letting him just throw jump balls. Like you know, and, and I talked to Haven about it, and Haven's like, I don't know why those guys just, you know, when he goes up big like that. Just hit him in the, you know, hit him with the crowning helmet in the ribs. I'm like, hey, I'm like, when you're going down that sideline, man, you're, you know, you're that big. You're 6'7", 235. These defensive backs are 5'10", 180. He don't even feel them guys. Right. You know? Exactly. And then when that when he, when he made that catch, I'm looking at it. It looked like a man among boys. Yeah. I <laughs> good grief. But like I said, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not giving up on him. But yes, they sir. got like just like the song by uh, who was it the, the Ashley Brothers? I got work to do. Oh yeah. Hey. <laughs> so yeah. we we shall see what happens. You got a job, but babe. They, they got much work to do. <laughs> you got a whole lot much of work, work to do. <laughs> I mean that. I mean that. But Sean, you know you know what I think about you, man. You my, you my boy. You the best. I ain't, I ain't got to talk to Big Fire yet. Oh, I man, I know he going to have – I didn't even see him on Twitter last night, man. I I shudder to think. I know he's going to be lighting up the airwaves today on Twitter. You already know. <laughs> you already know. You already know. Hey, Wayne, I appreciate the call, day. brother. Okay, I appreciate you, Sean. Take care, dog. All right, now. There we go. Wayne checking in today. And if you want to be next, give us a call, uh, 502-384-1450. I'd love to hear from you as well. Um, getting a lot of uh, a great uh, conversation going on both on Facebook, on Twitter, um, here on the Thornton's text line, uh, 502-414-1450 as well. Um, we got Kevin checking in. Um, he said, I tried to hang with Sat. However, it's not going to work out. Bring in Ragone. <laughs> hey, I'm telling you, like – I'm I'm gonna put it like this, y'all. I was already when I I'd say probably Tuesday, Wednesday of last week, I was of the notion Louisville loses this game, it's all over. But in actuality, it's really not all over. I'm gonna tell you when it's gonna be over. Because they'll beat South Florida stinks. Like if you lose to South Florida, Louisville might as well go ahead and pull a Scott Frost like Nebraska did Scott Frost and just be like, get out now. Like, if you can't beat South Florida, you got a problem. But it's not going to really be over until he loses one of those games to either um, Boston College or Virginia. 
if he loses one of those two games, then I pretty much think it's over. Um, so, you know, <clears throat> I think that at the moment, Satterfield, he's not done yet, quote unquote, but he, brother's on, on life support. Bro, brother's on that, uh, you know, <laughs> the you, you can hear the beep slowing down. You can hear the machine uh, slowing down and you just wondering, like, is he is he is he gonna hang on? Is he gonna you know? Is he gonna keep keep? But he's on you know. It's just like one of them soap operas where we about to hear the flat line and they're gonna be like clear, clear, just to get the heartbeat going again. Yeah, that's where Satterfield is right now. Brother is on the table, and we pulling out the paddles. <laughs> so like you know, I I don't know um, you know what's gonna happen. But I mean, if you can't beat Tate Rodemaker, like. I know Boston College hasn't been playing well. I know Virginia hasn't been playing well. But I'm pretty sure their quarterbacks are better than Tate Rotomaker. Tate flipping Rotomaker. Are you serious? Like, I I am so just, just disgusted by what I saw. You know what, Whitney? Sing me some song. Sing me some music, girl. I need to hear that voice. And we're going to go ahead. We're going to take this first break. You're going to, you are listening to Wake Up 502, 96.1 FM, 104, uh, 1450 AM. And we're going to get out of here. We're going to take this uh, <clears throat> quick commercial break. When we get back, we're going to take more of your calls and texts. We will definitely have um, uh, Leanne Herring coming in in the second hour of the show to do give us some additional picks. But you know what? We'll be back. Big X Sports Radio. Down the line. Up 502 with Rashawn Myers going down on a beautiful Saturday morning here in the Ville. Just trying to pick up the pieces, pick up the pieces. We trying to pick up the pieces of this UFL football season right now, y'all. I'm just, I'm just going, y'all just gonna have to just work with me. Like this is there, this is therapy for me right now. So I, you know, I, I, I feel like everybody sees and, and hears what I'm going through. So I got people coming out of the woodwork, giving a call in to the uh, Wake Up 502 buzz line, 384-1450. Got a man I ain't spoken with in a minute. Got Hank on the line. Hank, how you doing, brother? Everything's great with me, baby. I don't know about with you, but it's it's, it's a great, it's a beautiful Saturday. You know what I'm saying? On a, a good football Sunday. You know, it's, it's God's sport. We all know that. But, you know, it's, it's only fitting for that, uh, you're playing that low-down, dirty shame. I, I don't know if you remember that part in the low-down, dirty shame movie when, uh, when my man Keenan went in there and was trying to get some information from this guy that's part of the community. Right. And uh, he wouldn't go and give that information up. And then next thing you know, his guy friend came out. And all of a sudden, Keenan started acting like he was part of the community. 
and he was cheating with another guy. <laughs> and his man slapped the shit out of him. Yeah. And he said, Bernard. I don't know if you remember that part of the movie, Rashawn. But I do. And that's what it looked like with Florida State. Slap the taste out your mouth last night. Because that's what happened. They, they slapped the taste out your mouth. He said, back of quarterback, no problem. Lost some defensive end, no problem. We still got this hand. You know why? Because we're playing a trash team. So we know we still got a goddamn chance. And that's the problem. Louisville is a trash team. They're 0-2 in one of the weakest conferences in football right now. I just don't understand it. But, look, hey, Coach Sack, he's bringing in a good recruiting class. You're hyped about that. Yeah, he, he sold you on that. And, hey, it may still happen unless y'all decide to make, like you said, a, a decision like what Nebraska did with Scott Frost and just five mid-string. If y'all did that, I wouldn't blame you. Hey, you lose but unfortunately, y'all gonna bring in another trash coach. You, you you lose to South Florida, Hink. You got to go. Like I think that's the only way that you lose. Like you lose to South Florida, you probably ain't gonna win another game. So you know, I I can't get you right. You know, I I don't think he's gonna lose that game. Though. I, I think they're gonna they're gonna make it close. They're gonna make it close. Like I don't think the Louisville's gonna fall apart. But we are gonna get to about that five win mark, and then just be sitting. Dang. <laughs> why, you, why you ride 70 something miles down the street and you see what them boys doing it in the SEC right now in the SEC. Hey, Hank, I gotta give huh? Stoops all the credit in the world man they looked so good last week down there in Florida I can't hate on that I, like they went down there and just slapped the taste out of Florida's mouth and just I mean let's, let's, let's yeah let's let's stop let's, let's stop talking about this trash program down on Florida Street <laughs> and let's talk about a real program down at Lexington Man, because uh, right now we're looking at possibly we could possibly go five and off. Yeah, and be playing Ole Miss, yeah. which is a real big game for us. Out of coming out of a, a SEC West opponent, you know what I'm saying? So imagine that, because Ole Miss is a good team. They're a good team and, and coached by by a good coach, so it'll definitely be an interesting game. But you know he's giving money back to the his home his home city uh, in Youngstown. By playing them today, so that that'll be a good opportunity for them boys to come on down here and see what a real college football program is. And I'm glad, glad y'all did get to play on on Friday because y'all y'all about like the uh, the equivalent uh, Louisville is equivalent to a lower level high school team. <laughs> I felt like that was shiny and and more playing and made the best scrub team win, and, and that's what happened. So now y'all get to see a real a real college football program. So all the Louisville players, do me a favor. High noon today, you tune into a real college program and watch a real college team and see how real college football players play. That's what they're going to get the opportunity to watch a real college football team today. They need to sit back and maybe take some notes on how to play defense, you know what I'm saying, on how to uh, uh, run the uh, real offense, you know what I'm saying, like that pseudo semi, Malik run right, Malik run left, you know what I'm saying. Come on, man. How to run a real team. And that's what these boys need to see today. So hopefully these guys get the opportunity. I know it's going to hurt. I know they're feeling some type of way inside. But guess what? Sometimes you got to maybe even watch your enemies in order to learn how to do what you need to do. That's the only way you're going to do it. Because if they keep on going what they're doing, man, they might only win four games. Y'all might go four and eight this year. That's crazy. And that'll be so sad. But I, I'm, I'm going to tell you right now, I would love every minute of it. I know you so I'm going to continue to call. <laughs> Continue to give you a little crap. 
Yes, sir. You understand what I'm saying? You're supposed to. That's a month. (laughs) That is a month. And I'm going to do what I do. And and you know what I got to say. Louisville sucks. Later, baby. All right, Hank. Appreciate it, brother. Man, that is my deal. You know what? Hey, and to the victor goes to spoil. So, you know, I know some of y'all ain't heard from Hank in a while, but, you know, Hank is 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 an avid supporter of, uh, you know, everything that I've done here. Um, with, with 1450-961 as well as the main event sports show. Um, so, you know, yes, he, he comes strong with his commentary and he's going to rep his blue. And you know what? Until you can shut him up, ain't really too much you can do about it. But i tell you who I do have on the line now. One of my compatriots at Wake Up 502 is joining me on the line now. Haven Harrington. Haven, how you doing this morning, brother? Man, what's going on? What's going on? They're out here on the on the campaign. Actually, you know what? I might be on the campaign trail today. Today I'm giving a historical tour of the Russell neighborhood for Russell Place of Promise organization. So Nice. Nice. That's Very what I'm nice. doing now. Okay, okay. Well, Haven, you know, like I have been in soul searching mode <laughs> like since the game ended, since we left one another uh last night and just kinda you know, didn't really have a lot of answers. So, so let me just ask you, man. Like, I, you know, I don't know if you heard my intro. Um, I, you'll have to go back and listen to the intro because I, I think you were probably out, you know, showing off some of the beautiful, uh, you know, f- finer aspects of the Russell neighborhood. But uh, I, I played the Whitney Houston. Didn't we almost have it all? <laughs> and it felt like everything was on the line last night. U of L had a chance. They had a chance if they get that win to kind of reset the season, I feel like. But they didn't get it done. So, like, kind of just give me your thoughts on what you saw out there last night. This is deja vu. We saw this player all last year. It's like the exact same season as last year. We looked horrible, discombobulated the first game. Like, we forgot to play football. We come back, look a thousand times better the second game against the same opponent, UCF. We win. And then the rest of the season, we have these head-scratching fourth-quarter fades. And, and here we are again. Literally the same thing as last year. Literally the same thing as last year. And last night, there was no press box. You and I had a run commentary, and we saw the whole thing unfold, right? Yeah. Florida State kept running, running, running the ball, running, running, running the ball. We pulled Eight men in the box to stop the run, play action pass, hit us over the top. And he kept doing it and doing it and doing it until we made adjustments. We made kind of an adjustment, but they never really adjusted to be able to cover the pass and the run at the same time. Right. And and, and they, just, they just couldn't try to do it. And then they lost focus. You could tell that they had lost focus. They weren't, they weren't attacking like they were. They weren't hitting hard as they were in the first half. They weren't tackling as well as they were in the first half. The execution... Uh, kind of faded as the game went along. Uh, wide receiver started dropping passes. Like, like you commented, like he was up fourth down, the dude drops a wide open pass, or it was on for a touchdown. Game winner, just drops it. Uh, he, ball in the right hand, just 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 dropped it. And we, we dropped several fourth down plays. Just, just ball right in the hand, so just, just dropped them. It was just a lack of focus, a lack of execution. It, I mean, there comes a time you need to have your team be mentally tough, and we're just not there yet. Yeah, no, I, I but after I, four years, of, yeah, it just it, 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 it after just four like years. They, they, they just they were just going through. Then it seemed like they just they thought the game was over with Haven. It was a, it was a seven point game at halftime, and th- like, do you agree with me? Like, I feel like if Louisville gets a stop on that first drive and can go put points on the board, I feel like the game's over. 
the game should have been over. But once again, with this team, you never know because like the, the lack of focus is a lack of mental toughness. You know, it's like we said all along. You know, Satterfield, and we said this before. We, we believe Satterfield can coach, right? We believe Satterfield can be a good coach. Yes. But but the issue is, is that mental toughness, that aggressiveness. Like okay, he had a little aggressive yesterday, which was awesome. Went for in a couple of fourth downs. Awesome. You know, he showed aggressiveness, but. Where's that, that mental toughness, that intestinal fortitude, you know, that, that belief that these guys will not come back and beat you. It's just, it's just not there. And, and it's all on display. Wow. You know, as, 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 as you start to get tighter, as, you know, you need to put some drives together, the focus wasn't there. You had a false start, uh, all sorts of penalties. You know, they just couldn't. Turnovers. They just. Yeah, turnovers. Uh, focus, fumble and interception, there. yeah. A couple yeah. interceptions. It just, I mean, the focus wasn't there. So we got we got a and text we, into this, the text line, Haven. I want to see what you think about this. Uh, 502-414-1450, the Thorns text line. Our, our buddy Dre checking in. He said, good morning, Wake Up 502, main event, a.k.a. the culture. He says, I was at the game. I give it to them. I saw progress on the offense, but defensively, they scored 30-plus points in uh, the last two of three games. Bring Prime home. <laughs> he said, bring Prime Time home. Hashtag bring Prime Time home. So, Dre is officially starting the hashtag bring Prime Time home. <laughs> hey, I, I, I feel him on that. I mean, that's, this team needs some sway. It was just the only that thing that was very play. disturbing to me about the defense last night, Haven, is I thought Brian Brown, he didn't call a passive game last night. Like, I didn't see him going doing a bunch of the prevent stuff, a bunch of the rush three, and sit everybody back in his own. Like, it felt like he was bringing four- and five-man pressure most of the game, but it just didn't seem like the the the, 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 the second level and the third level with the safeties. Like, Kendrick Duncan seemed a step slow. Um, the linebackers overall, whether it be Ben Perry, whether it be Monty Montgomery, whether it be – um, Momo Sonogo, it just seemed like those guys were always hesitating, you know? And, and it just seemed like they weren't playing full speed and, you know, that they were basically allowing the running backs to get up and, you know, get into their face with a full running momentum. And at that point, if you're not moving your feet and you're not meeting them at, at the summit, you're going to get ran over or ran by, you know? like, And it just seemed like – like, what, what did you think about the defensive performance, both from the Brian Brown side with the schematics situation and then just kind of what you saw from the defense just in, ter- in terms of their effort? You know, I thought the scheme was good, right? So, you know, I, I thought the scheme was good. I, I thought Brian Brown, like you said, called a good defensive game, right? He brought pressure. The <laughs> – but they said the team just wasn't like, – I hate to keep harping on this, but like, it seemed like they weren't focused or they were tired almost. You know, it's like maybe, maybe it was a lack of conditioning. They were just tired. But, yeah, they were a step or two steps slow. Once, you know, FSU grabbed the momentum, they, they just didn't have an answer. Like, they were in the right places. Uh, like like the touchdown where uh, where the quarterback uh, escaped containment. Yes. And ran for 10 yards, ran for the first down. And then they did the play action pass for the touchdown, and we bit hard on that play action pass, right? And right. the and the tight end was wide open over the over middle for the touchdown. I mean, like you had guys, you had a linebacker literally right there on every play, and they just didn't make the play. I mean, they were in position, 
they just didn't make the play. So let me ask you something. And you like, saw with, with Brian yeah. Brown's strategy of playing a whole lot of this zone and this umbrella coverage. Do you think that this is a situation where maybe the team, because they haven't played a lot of the the, the more pressure fronts and and you know that that playing downhill type situation, is it just a situation where maybe because they haven't played a lot of it, they really aren't well schooled on how to execute that that game plan? No. I don't think that's it at all. I honestly think that this team just isn't mentally tough. Okay. I mean, I just I just don't think this is a mentally tough team because this is, I mean, Stafford's been here for four years. We've seen this for at least three hours, four years. He's been here. Where in the fourth quarter, they fade. I mean, we saw, I mean, how many, this is like literally three years in a row, we've seen this team in the fourth quarter just fade. And you know, one time it's like, okay, you know, we don't have the talent, we don't have the depth. Cool. We get a little bit deeper. We get some more transfers. Last year, same thing, fourth quarter fade, right? Well, you know, Brian Brown's the kind of best defense. We got too conservative. We got too lax. Once again, we're seeing it now. You got better players, experienced players, guys who've been in your system three or four years. Same thing. A point just comes down to that this, this is just not a mentally tough team, and teams reflect their coach. Yeah, no, I, I... – I mean, I I can't disagree with that, Have. I mean, you know, I I keep trying to figure out, um, you know, what if there's a if there's a counterpunch, if there's something, but it just it's so difficult because you know if you take a look at it, um, and actually uh, we do have um, another one of our guys checking in with us on Twitter, Jer- Jeremy Radford. Um, he says, Rashawn, he said this is a very similar game as Air Force last season. Unknown quarterback looks like Tom Brady. We've lost now four of five games, four of our last five games in total. Um, and that is an absolutely alarming trend that you had just kind of Yeoman Jenkins, no-name quarterback with limited skills. He's not a guy who's going to necessarily wow you with his running ability. It basically made the read option a non-starter, but he just comes in and just looks amazing. And I totally agree with him. I mean, it's like at some point, like you said, Haven, it's just got to be the mental toughness aspect of it. I don't think it's necessarily anything X's and O-wise, but it just seems like I don't know if Louisville just doesn't know it, doesn't want it more, or what. But it just it, there's something that I can't put my finger on um, that just is not clicking for this team. So you know that that's definitely unfortunate. I, I I don't I don't know how to fix that. You know, and and it's, and it's something like you can't fix overnight. I mean, you just you know I hate to do this, and I hate to hate to call up the team down the road, right? Right. Uh, but like, you, but like, you look at UK. You, you look. You look at look at the rivalry game, and we've said this once again. Now it's been four years in a row. We've said this. Look at the rivalry game. Look how Kentucky attacked the rivalry game. Said the same thing in basketball when you know Kentucky played us. When Kentucky plays us, look at the rivalry game. Look how much more they want it. Right. That's yeah. what you have to have. You just have to want it more. You know, you got not only do you have to want it more, you have to believe you can win. Uh, once again, you know, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not using Kentucky's example, but let's use like Charlie Strong's teams, right? Right. When Charlie Strong came in here, he spent the first two years installing his personality, right? We're not going to be beaten. We don't care who we're playing, where we're playing. We're going to win the game. And they, they took their lumps the first couple of years, but once they got it rolling, we were almost unstoppable. I mean, yeah, we lost South Florida and Blake Bortles. You know, we had like one hiccup per year, but we got the bowl games 
we knew what was going on. Like, we all knew when we went down to the Sugar Bowl, there was no way Florida was going to beat us. I don't care how many five stars. They could have 10, 10 stars on their team. It wouldn't matter. They were not going to beat us that day. They they were not going to beat us. And it was yeah. obvious, yeah. right? Because they had that belief. They had that fire in their belt. They knew that after they lost Kentucky that first year, we were never losing Kentucky again. That's what that's what Strong said. We're never losing Kentucky as long as I'm here again. And you have it's, it's that attitude, that mentality, that 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 mindset, and you know it's just it's it's just not there. Unfortunately, I I think that you're absolutely right on that. I just I don't. It just it, it sucks because you know now, like I said, I don't think it's necessarily over with for Satterfield. Like. You know, where they're sitting at right now at, at one and two is definitely not ideal. But the thing that sucks, Haven, Louisville won't even really be able to prove themselves to actually get have any sort of get right until October 22nd. It right now sits as at September the 17th. So you're talking about one month and five days before Louisville plays another meaningful football game. You're going to have to wait a long time to get that, 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 you know, that bad taste out of your mouth because I don't care what you do versus South Florida – Boston College or Virginia, like those are games that you know. Yeah, those are games you gotta win. You have to win. So like you can't falter on those games. So that's why I say you know you won't have another real game until darn near you know Halloween. And these games shouldn't be close. And that and that's what I, I worry about. Like we should blow Boston College out. Yeah, I agree. Virginia is not that good. We should blow Virginia out. Like these games should not be competitive. And if they're semi-competitive going like into the third quarter or mid-third quarter, it'd be head scratches. Like, okay, now, now, what's you're playing to level competition? Like, what's going on? Yeah, no, I mean, I, I totally agree with you. I, I think that there is still a lot. I mean, unfortunately, after you know a first week where you look terrible. The second week where you look up, you know, pretty well, especially in the second half. And now the, the the third week you have a game that you just absolutely snatched the victory from the uh, – or snatched defeat from the jaws of victory. Like, you've had three starkly different games that all ended up different. And you don't have anything that you can hang your hat on. You can't hang your hat on Malik. You can't hang your hat on the defense. You know, you know your running backs look good, but everybody's hurt. You know, so you got guys going down left and right there. We don't know what's going to happen with D. Wiggins. Uh, he came out of the, the shoot two catches for 41 yards in the first quarter, and then he goes down with the injury. So now, you know, you don't have D. Wiggins, so you can't really count on that. I mean, it's just, you know, Tyler Hudson kind of disappeared um, last game. I, I, like, he's had a decent game, but he wasn't setting the world on fire. He wasn't moving the chains when Louisville needed it most. So I just – you know, the only thing I asked for, Haven, all I wanted was to be able to enjoy my football season and have something to keep me excited until basketball got started. That's all I wanted, Haven. I didn't get that. Well, you never know. You may be able to turn it around, beat some bums, and maybe get some energy, and, you know, and maybe whooping on inferior competition may put the confidence that they need to carry them forward for the rest of the season. Yeah, I guess we'll see on that. But I, I know we're about to hit the top of the hour break. Haven, I, I know you're out, out and about uh, doing your thing. Are you about to go show some more, uh, you know, so, some more of the beautiful Russell neighborhood? I am. The bus is about to leave right now. I'm about to start this tour. But, hey, thanks for having me on. I have to thanks for having me on like I'm out. Like, hey, man, have a good one. I'll talk a little bit. 
I appreciate it, Haven. Have a good one, man. Enjoy the tour. Uh, do a great job on the tour. I know you will. <laughs> All right, Bob. All right, brother. Bye. There we go. Haven Harrington checking in. He, y- Y'all don't understand. Haven is an absolute historian of Louisville. Like, just riding around for a while there, me and Haven were, you know, we're, we're actually uh, living together. Um, and when we were roomies, like, we would just literally ride around the city, and he would just tell me all these different things about architecture within the city uh, and just all types of stuff. I'm like, well, you could, like, literally do a tour. Now he's doing tours. So it's crazy. It's crazy what happens. But, hey, you know what? You listen to Wake Up 502. Hour number one is in the books. Hour number two is coming up. We're going to continue to, to read your tweets, your Facebook posts. Uh, you know, if you want to give us a text in, text us in 414-1450 to the Thornton's text line. You can also give me a call. 384-1450 uh, is the Wake Up 502 buzz line. But uh, go ahead and groove out to some John and We'll be back on uh, Wake Up 502, Big X Sports Radio. Swift and sly and a plan it cool with my homegirl, Paula. Sean Myers, hour number two coming straight at you here. 96.1 FM. It is going down here on a Saturday morning. A little Paula Abdul. That's the way they make me feel, y'all. Two steps forward, two steps back. Except, I don't know if the opposites attract, but I, the foolishness is attracted to this Louisville football team. That's what I know. And, hey, I just want to remind you guys, man, um, if you're going out there um, looking to uh, close loans uh, and, and get your homes open and opportunities to be given, Broker House Lending, reach out Sheena S. Beckham, loan officer. She can get you together, 502-220-7678, okay? Uh, Check her out there at Broker House Lending. Sheena S. Beckham, again, loan officer, 502-220-7678. Holler at Sheena. She will get you together. She is the best in the business, and she puts out a ton of great promotional um, commercials and ads via uh, social media um, you know, talking about all the great things of, of home ownership and, that, you know, the, the steps you have to do um, to, to get those loans secured and get into those new homes. So uh, make sure you go out there and check her out. But I tell you what, we are uh, going right back to the uh, Wake Up 502 buzz line. Um, or actually not the Wake Up 502 buzz line, to the Thornton's text line, the 414-1450. Uh, Dre checking in said, man, Rashawn, I saw you coming out of Stop and Go Mart yesterday uh, while I was going to the game. I didn't know. 
Uh, we still go in there. <laughs> hey, man, you know, sometimes you got to go get you a slushie or something. You know what I mean? Like on the way, especially when, you you know, you got, you're feeling bad about what's going on or you're trying to get ready, uh, you know, to, to get into the game. Sometimes you got to go in there, stop and go, get you together. Uh, and yes, he asked if Hink is still alive. Yes, Hink is still alive and kicking. Hink don't come. He don't. That's why I feel special because Hink doesn't go on too many places and grace the, the the airways. That's because people think that Hink is is too aggressive and he talks too much smack. Well, I love that. This Wake Up Five Hundred Two as well as Main Event Sports Show. We thrive on people that come out and talk smack. So I love it. If you got come in, if you want to come in, talk trash and do everything else, please be. Uh, you know, please feel free to do that. I had to dump. Part of Hink's call. I don't know if y'all actually heard that because Hink said a, a naughty word on there. But, you know, I was able to delete it out. I'm in here. I'm quick on the draw, y'all. So, you know, I, I don't think that went out over the air. Uh, but if you call in, I encourage smack talk. So, you know what I'm saying? That's that's what I do. So, you know, I, I, there ain't nothing wrong with that. Uh, we're calling in and doing, doing some smack talk. Uh, <laughs> and uh, the, Dre did also say it's nice to see Haven doing homerama. <laughs> I don't know if Homerama's going on in the Russell neighborhood, but Haven is definitely out there, you know, talking about uh, buttressing and, you know, uh, uh, urban format housing versus rural format housing. And, uh, you know, you can tell this house has been here this long by looking at this rod iron and this was brought in. Like, you know, that brother knows everything. I didn't realize it. I, and this is a, I know, you know, I ain't trying to steal Bobby V's whole we know on a no Wednesday thing, but. Uh, did you know that Thomas Edison actually lived in Louisville? Like, I never really knew that Thomas Edison lived in Louisville. But he actually has a historical home here um, up in the um, Butchertown area. Uh, I had never knew it. There's a little plaque outside the house and everything. But, yeah, Haven, we were, uh, you know, walking around the city looking at a bunch of different stuff. And he was like, yeah, Tom, this is Thomas Edison's home uh, coming up. And sure enough, there's a the little uh, marquee on it and everything that said Thomas Edison, the guy who invented the light bulb. And, you know, may have borrowed some of the technology to make that work. But that's neither here nor there. That's not what we're talking about. But, yes, Thomas Edison, uh, you know, uh, one of our um, great uh, inventors <laughs> uh, lived here in Louisville, which I did not realize. <laughs> um, but uh did want to remind you guys, of course, uh, Leanne Herring is going to be coming up uh, here at the bottom of the hour if you want to get ready uh, for your picks for the week. Um my picks did all right. Um, I will say that I did not pick for Kentucky to go down there to the swamp and beat Florida. Um, so I know I definitely got that pick wrong. But uh, I think all of us were kind of on the same page. I don't really think anybody thought that, uh, you know, that Kentucky was going to go out there and, and get that done, especially after Florida was coming off, knocking off uh, number seven Utah at home, um, and which is once again why I, I give all the praise to, to Mark Stoops. You know, I may hate Kentucky, I may hate that blue, but I ain't gonna never hate on a man when he's doing a good job, um, and and he's getting it done right now. So you know, got guys to give credit where credit's due. Um, you know, so pretty much is what it is. Um, but but I tell you what, man, like. I'm trying to think what's next for this football team. I think that the biggest question mark is going to be, you know, Tyon Evans, of course. Um, both he and Jalen Mitchell were out with injuries uh, in this game. Um, I, I would say it's not necessarily the biggest concern just because Louisville's running backs. I mean, Jahar Jordan, man, that brother, you know, he runs every game as if somebody owes him money. 
You know what I'm saying? And he's looking to collect. Every time he picks up that football, he's going to dish out some punishment on somebody. I love the way Jordan runs. I thought both he and Travion Cooley um, did an excellent job. Um, I, I really do think that that they did an excellent job uh, running the ball in the stead of both Mitchell and Evans. Um, you know, that was not where I necessarily had the problem with. Um, I did have a problem with some of the uh, second-half play calls. Um, I thought there were some – some interesting situations. I think there was like a third and one or third and two from about midfield, um, you know, where Coach Satterfield uh, opts to try to go for um, a read option play. And, you know, I think uh, Malik is trying to hand the ball off to Jordan. And, you know, at the last second, Malik, I think, tried to pull it back out after almost pretty much fully handing the ball to Jahar. And what basically happened is uh, Malik tried to yank it out, ends up fumbling the ball away, uh, which is a crucial, crucial turnover. Coach Satterfield said that, you know, they should have been up to at least two scores um, had they not had those couple of turnovers. Of course, there was also a very controversial turnover, in my opinion, uh, where, you know, you had Jordan stacked up uh, on the line, was falling backwards pretty much to the ground, uh, Ford momentum had clearly been stopped, but because there was no whistle blown, uh, all the defenders are yanking at the ball and ends up pulling the ball out just before the elbow of Jordan goes down, which I, I thought that that play should have been blown dead. I thought that was a terrible call. Um, I, the officials definitely weren't the best last night. Um, you know, the fumble call was questionable. Um, you know, it always seemed like they were very, very quick to review a Louisville play, but Florida State got away from with some – very questionable calls. Uh, one in particular, um, they're down, and I want to say, I think it was the fourth quarter where Malik uh, is running the scramble um, to try to get the first down, and he avoids one guy out of bounds as he's going out of bounds. But then a second tackler for Florida State comes in and absolutely hits Malik about three yards out of bounds. Um, that I feel like that should have been a personal foul um, late hit. Um, but they ended up just ignoring it. They didn't call it. Um, I don't know what the reasoning was on that, but uh, that was a, that that was a big play in that moment. So the you know once again the zebras, uh, you know no love lost between Louisville and the officiating at the ACC. <laughs> so I have no idea why that is, but you know like the young people say, tis what it is, it is what it is. But um, I, I do think that there's going to have to be some. Some soul searching done. I I I don't really think there's going to be that much analysis for the next several weeks, just because I think the teams that Louisville's playing are so bad, um, you know. But we'll just we'll just have to see. Um, I I I can't really. I can't I can't really expound on it any more than that. But I, I tell you what, you know, just just kind of switch gears because little football. I feel like we can sit there and and beat that drum to death for another. 45 minutes, but we are not going to do that. Uh, one of the reasons we're not going to do that is because we're going to have the beautiful Leanne Herring coming and uh, calling in here at the bottom of the hour to take us up to uh, 11 o'clock uh, with her picks and, and conversations. Uh, you know, I know she's going to have an update. She posted a, a video on uh, Reuben Owens. Uh, the number one running back had a, a special play after missing a game last week. Uh, he had a special play to get things going. So I'm sure Leanne's going to want to talk about that. But I want to talk about some of this basketball recruiting. Um, so, of course, we know that, that Kenny Payne and, and crew have been uh, hard and heavy um, after trying to get uh, visits scheduled. Of course, the big uh, big man, seven foot one center, Isaiah Miranda, very athletic 
uh, prospect there at the center position. Um, you know, top 40 ranked. Uh, he's not necessarily a top 20 or top 25 kid as of yet. Um, but I tell you what, Isaiah Miranda uh, looks like he can play a little bit. Um, you know, I, I, I think that he's a guy that enjoyed his visit uh, to Louisville last weekend. He's a guy who I think could possibly help Louisville uh, down the road. It's going to be very interesting to see what happens with him. Uh, you know, he did not commit while on the visit, but he did seem to enjoy it. Um, his mom came in town with him. She seemed to enjoy it as well. Um, so I, I think that all those things bode well uh, for possibly uh, Isaiah deciding to cast his lot with the Cardinals. It definitely does not hurt at all. Um, but uh, also, you know, you have the news of Curtis Williams, uh, who Curtis is supposed to be coming in to visit uh, this week, and he's going to make his decision. I believe it's on the I want to say September 19th or September 20th. It's coming up sometime this week. Um, but Curtis Williams is going to be making his college decision. Um, Louisville seems to be the odds-on favorite. Um, he's a guy who is built in kind of that um, uh, – built in the mode of Mike James, um, you know, uh, you know, kind of the, the physical uh, wing guy, about 6'6". On there, um, don't really know about his ball handling and jump shooting ability as of yet, um, but you know it seems like he's a pretty uh, proficient uh, shooter um, from what at least they're saying on the videos. Of course, anybody can look good on videos, but it, it's been said that they thought that he was he was pretty good. They're definitely more of a physical guy. He's going to be an on the ball guy. He's an athletic. He's going to attack. Um, but it'll be very interesting. I, I think the Kenny Payne uh, and crew will definitely uh, go ahead and get. Curtis signed up unless something happens in the 11th hour to change things. That, that seems to be the way the windows are blowing. But then after that, things get a little murky. I mean, you know, I think that Louisville did a great job with uh, Isaiah Miranda getting him to campus, keeping that quiet and getting that done. Now we have gone uh, a full week. And, you know, while he came out and said that, you know, the visit was great, definitely not making a decision as of yet. So, you know, that that's, one of the things where, you know, when Louisville reaches out, if we see Louisville just appear, disappear from a guy's list, that's probably an indication um, that, you know, he may be looking elsewhere. So, you know, I, I think we'll have to wait and see what's going on with some of these guys. I, you know, Isaiah seemed to enjoy it. His mom seemed to really enjoy it. That's cool. Um, but I think that when you look at some of these other um, other players out there, you know, A.J. Johnson, there was a revelation this week that A.J. Johnson went down to visit uh, Chris Beard at Texas, um, said it was lit, you know, said he was excited about it. So, you know, I I think that's going to be one of those things where we're going to have to just uh, wait and see. You know, I, Chris Beard has been very good on the recruiting trail when he's targeted a guy and made it decide that, you know, that that's a guy that he wants. Um, they have kind of put that zero uh, and that X on uh, on the you know uh, on the back of AJ Johnson now, so I that scares me, y'all. Like like Chris Beard is is very tough. You know, I'm not trying to say that that Kenny can't get it done, but all I'm saying is, um, you know, we have not beaten Chris Beard. I don't think for any recruits as of yet that I can remember that we in Texas Tech were both recruiting. Um, you know, we were recruiting both Jamias Ramsey as well as um, uh, his teammate. Oh, I can't think of the young man's name. Left-handed, very athletic, just transferred uh, out from Texas Tech this summer. 
um I, I can't remember his name but um you know I, I mean he's He's been very, very good at closing the deals on guys that we both were looking after. So definitely does not make me feel good about it. Um, you know, I, I still hope that A.J. Johnson is, you know, Louisville kind of identified him and brought him into the fold, uh, you know, early and got evaluators and scouts to start paying attention to him because Louisville did get in early. And we've seen A.J. just have a meteoric rise up the uh, uh up the ranking since then going up to uh, eight nine <clears throat> to, you know to, to number eight or number nine depending on the service um that that's huge you know that that's huge so you would hope that because Louisville did that groundwork early that's going to be good enough but hey anytime Chris Beard's involved man I just you know show me all the bags show them all the bags like <laughs> I, I I don't know what Chris Beard's doing down there I know you know it is Texas so you know, they tend to get what they want in Texas. So I, I just, uh, it makes me nervous, y'all, especially because the whole DJ Wagner, um, you know, front has been very quiet. You know what I'm saying? The Aaron Bradshaw front has been extremely quiet. Nobody over that way is saying anything. So, you know, there's just not a lot of information to be gained. Um, and that definitely gets you nervous. But, hey, you know what? We're about T-minus one month out from getting this practice going. I know the 21st of October um is going to be uh louisville live uh that's going to be a humongous humongous deal um so you know you'll have to of course make uh make up for that as well uh but yeah i'm not giving up uh it, it, i i think that um we'll just have to see uh what happens between now and then i'll be very very excited um for once we can actually get some basketball because I guess football is just not going to do anything. As we talked about, there's not going to be another game of consequence until the 22nd, and I believe Louisville Live is the 21st. So literally, y'all, we are sitting here on September 17th, and the next game of consequence for Louisville football will not be played until after Louisville Live is played. So, like, just think about that in your brain right now. So, like, literally, you're all, you aren't going to have much of it. Now, some people – don't get me wrong. I won't say, you you know, you won't have anything to get excited for because some people get excited for every Louisville win – you know, the Scott Satterfield brings, regardless of whether it's uh, South Florida or, uh, you know, Boston College or, or whoever, some folks are just going to take those wins and roll with it. Um, you know, but I, I think for the most part, we're not going to really have anything that we can actually do actionable analysis on until either Louisville loses one of those games to one of those that kind of average the bad teams um you know or or if they win them all then we're just gonna have to say well let's you know that's fine and good but let's see what happens when pittsburgh comes to town you know they're a ranked team so you know that's that's kind of where we at that's kind of where we at um but you know with, with the basketball recruiting uh you know we're still announcing they haven't announced officially um who's coming in for louisville live as of yet other than aj johnson now, that that's been made known that aj will be there for louisville live we're still waiting to find out if dj wagner um, as well as Aaron Bradshaw are going to come for Louisville Live. I don't think that's been announced as of yet. Uh, but those are kind of the next two guys uh, that you want to look for. I know that Louisville has extended some offers out to some other players uh, within the 2023 class, but those are kind of your main folks that you're looking at right now. I, you know, Isaiah Miranda, A.J. Johnson, D.J. Wagner, Curtis Williams. Of course, they already have Caleb Glenn uh, committed and in the fold as well. Um, so that that's kind of where they're starting with. Uh, so we'll have to see what happens with that. Um, but uh, checking back, uh, let me just make sure 
we have cleaned out all our business on Twitter. Uh, and, yes, they have. We did ha- have Leanne Herring just uh, tweet out that she's going to be joining. Uh, week three of college football is back, and I'll be back on with Rashawn on Wake Up 502 on Big X Sports Radio to break down the action this weekend. Tune in at 9.30. So that's 9.30 Central Time, so 10.30 our time. But that's coming up very, very soon. Leanne Herring is going to join me. Um, you know, and, and the funniest thing about the, the picks when I do the pick segment with Leanne, most of the time, y'all, she don't even know what games I'm picking. And y'all hear when I ask her about these games, like she can just roll down the facts. Like, I don't know if if, if she is studying every game on, on the schedule or what, but it's very impressive to, to watch her just kind of, I can just throw out a game and she just starts throwing out flat uh, facts and sling, slinging everything else out there. So um, she definitely does her homework. Uh, hopefully you guys, uh, and you know, I want to tweet on that or, or text on that. Uh, 414-1450, the Thornton's, Buzz line I, to let me know, like if, if you guys have listened to the information that Leanne gave out, if you want to give me props and say you listen to me and put in anything that I, I suggested, that would be awesome. <laughs> but like, let, let me know, you know what I'm saying? If, if, if Leanne's, uh, you know, what, one year couple, uh, one year couple dollars, a couple shekels or something, you know, so I, I'd, I'd love to hear um, about that. Uh, but, you know, we'll have her coming up here. I think what we're going to do is we're going to go ahead, we're going to hit this. Um, break uh, here for the bottom of the hour and then of course when we come back uh, we will have Leanne Herring on here um, for the final 30 minutes of the show Uh, you are listening to Wake Up 502 this is Rashawn Myers here uh, Big X Sports Radio um, 96.1 FM 1450 AM and we'll be right back on the Big X WXVW and he's always broke I don't like Two final segment of the evening. We are uh, efforting and awaiting uh, Leanne Herring's phone call so she can come in here and join us and bless us and grace us with her wonderful picks for this um, uh, for for this day uh, for for this afternoon. And you know what? I decided, y'all, I, and I literally just decided this on the fly. If you all have a game that you would like to hear Leanne discuss or talk about, you can go ahead and to, and text that in. 
to the Thornton's text line, uh, 502-414-1450. If you have a game that you want her thoughts on, um, go ahead. Because she, she literally just, you know, thrives on knowing all this stuff and knowing the long shots and the and the games where maybe uh, there's a bunch of points being given up. So, you know, uh, go ahead. Feel free to, to, to test her. Uh, test the knowledge, you know, and, and see how that comes out for Leanne. Uh, so, absolutely, get out there and uh, and do that. Um, I know there's a couple games on here I'm looking at right now that I am very, very interested in um, to see how those things go, um, including a couple of them that have uh, local ties and local interests. you got Western Kentucky on the road up in Indiana. Both teams are undefeated, um, so I, I would love to know what she's thinking on that one right now. IU is the six-and-a-half-point favorite. Um, and Syracuse-Purdue, of course, Purdue traveling uh, to New York, a lot the same way that <laughs> that Louisville did. I don't know if that's a coincidence or not, um, but Purdue on the road, one-on-one, one-and-one taking on Syracuse, who is, of course, 2-0. and oh. So, you know, I know Haven literally, we were talking about in the press conference today that Haven are at the press, in the press box. Haven just don't give Syracuse no credit. He said, I don't care what, you know, what's going on with Syracuse. Syracuse football sucks. They always will suck. And if you can't win, you know, if you can't beat them, then something's wrong. So, <laughs> and I told Haven, I'm like, man, it's a year-by-year thing. You know, there's always a team that can step up and be- become good. But he was not having any of it. He just uh, professes that he doesn't think Syracuse is that great. So, uh, we'll have to see if Alex O'Connell can, uh, or excuse me, uh, Sean Tucker can keep it rolling. Uh, for Syracuse or if Alex O'Connell can come in for Purdue and kind of shut that down. Um, so we'll have to wait and see on that one. As it's That's that's a very interesting one. That's a very interesting one. Uh, but, you know, I, th- there are some other games on the schedule that I was looking at as well um, that I, I possibly want to get. The tough thing is, is there's not a lot of ranked matchups. You know, it's, it's just a lot of uh, – of, Interesting games because of what it means to one of the teams going on, you know, kind of similar uh, to what Texas A&M is dealing with. You know, A&M is in a position uh, where they have to play a very difficult team and, you know, they just – the question is, you know, can, can A&M bounce back? I can't remember. Hold on, see. So A&M is playing uh, – is playing Miami in the the the, the uh, Saturday night game. So yeah, so I mean A and M is one and one. I was on a podcast actually earlier this week uh, with my man Lloyd Spence as well as Charlie Ward, a former Heisman Trophy winner from Florida State. Um, and you know I, I, we were doing picks on there as well. And you know I just kind of said that you know that Texas A and M is one of those proud proud teams, man. And and you know they don't want to ever be seen as as less than. So you know I mean that. Uh, with with that big loss against Appalachian State, that 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 that's big news. But let's go ahead and, and get on this uh, wake up five hundred two buzz line. I believe this should be Leanne calling now. Uh, Caller, you all with me, Leanne? Is this you? Yes, it's me. Running a little late, but calling in. Uh, hey, that's all right. No problem at all. I was just kind of setting the deck and setting the primer for for some of the games that I was gonna because I you know I I, I always like to you know kind of. Put some of these on you on the fly because it always amazes me how, how in-depth you are uh, with discussing a lot of these games. So I was just kind of going through and uh, talking to the people because it's just me today since uh, Haven is out showing neighborhoods. And I think that uh, 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 poor uh, Joe 
I think the game was too much for him, Leanne. He just disappeared, and you know, he's man. That talk <laughs> about it. Talk about a tough game. I really, I, I was listening to it last night. You know, and uh, correct me if I'm wrong. Louisville was able to hold it pretty good onto its own, but it just kind of the pieces just kind of slowly started crumbling. They were able to hold on to that lead and and keep it close against FSU and just and just let it get away from them. So I think that that's got to be frustrating for Louisville fans in general because you like and we've talked about it over and over again since we've been doing the segment. Louisville's got the tools there, you know, to be to be a really good team and to really make a run in the ACC. It just seems like they can't close and there's and across the board it just doesn't it just doesn't seem like they found a way to click. And it's there because we saw them with some sparks against FSU last night. Absolutely. I mean, that's the whole thing with them. It just seems like for whatever reason, uh, they just can't get out of their own way. You know, it just it, it's just always something. Like, they, they, I've never seen a team, Leanne, so consistently that always leaves in, leaving you, win or loss, you always leave unsatisfied. <laughs> No, I can no, I can bet. I can bet. Like I said, I really thought that they were going to pull that upset last night because they kept it so close and they were doing some really strong things and, and keeping it. Like I said, they were keeping it close game. This wasn't. I think everyone expected for them, even for the Knowles, to be on the road at Louisville that they were just going to shut them out. But they kept it close. But like you said, uh, it's hard. Go, it's hard watching that because every game, win or loss, you leave unsatisfied because you know there's a lot of work to be done. Absolutely. But let's see. Let's see if they can rebound next week. Yeah, hey, that's all you can do is just rip the rearview mirror off and keep it keep it moving. So you know that's that's what we are going to do as well, Ian. I uh, have some some wonderful games out here. There's a lot of not a lot of top twenty five matchup action um, this week. Uh, so, but I know, of course, we have the. Uh, Saturday night game that that uh, I will definitely have you pick in a little bit, but you know I want to get it started with a couple of saucy matchups uh, that have local interests all over it um, here, and I'm reading these spreads off of um, what they have listed on ESPN because uh, I know ESPN has a Caesar Sportsbook, so I think they keep this updated. So I'm just going to give you those spreads as, as they have them on there. Um, but we have Purdue, uh, the Fighting Jeff Brahms, traveling on the road to currently undefeated Syracuse and Sean Tucker. Um, according to the uh, Caesar Sportsbook, Syracuse is a one-and-a-half-point favorite uh, right now. So they're, they're, they are laying one-and-a-half there. Um, what do you think about Purdue-Syracuse? Purdue-Syracuse, well, Syracuse, like I said, is always one of those gritty teams that we forget about on the East Coast because, you know, uh, even though y'all, you, you get to hear a lot about them as far as, like, the Power Five, power five programs, you don't hear a lot about them. But they're always playing really gritty. Um, and, and then you got Purdue, too, is another one of those teams. I, I really think that this year is the season of the underdogs. Uh, I mean, how about that Appalachian State-Texas A&M game that I called at the end? Uh, if that doesn't tell you anything, I like Purdue. I like Purdue even by a slight margin um, to, to give Syracuse a run, but um, I think at the end of the day, I'm going to take Syracuse uh, winning that one at home and, uh, and uh, with a slim margin and, and covering it one and a half. Yeah, you know what, uh, and, and I love Syracuse in this game as well. Like Watching the Purdue game, I, I don't really know who Purdue is right now. Um, you know, of course, that they had just kind of a, a whatever blowout win last week, but, you know, still makes me think back. Uh, to the Penn State game and the way basically they had that game won and then Jeff Brom just started losing his mind wanting to pass the ball all over the field instead of running the clock so like that that it does seem like there's a lot of that that goes on uh, with this Purdue program and Syracuse if, if they can continue to get Sean Tucker like Sean Tucker looks like he's really wanting to buy into that first team All-American 
like talk. Like he's been, uh, you know, just absolutely outstanding so far. Uh, two games, 212 yards, and a couple of touchdowns on 48 carries. So, um, you know, he, he's off to a very good start, averaging over 100 yards per contest. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to go ahead and I, I'm going to say Syracuse gets it done. And all the Louisville fans will be sad because not even Jeff Brown can make them feel happy. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Like I said, uh, Syracuse, you know, and when you got a player, like, like you mentioned over at Syracuse, who's, who's wanting who's wanting that, uh, they play differently. And, and Purdue reminds me of kind of like a Notre Dame. I was doing a Wednesday segment, and we were talking about, you know, about betting on Notre Dame. What do you think about Notre Dame? And I feel like Purdue and a lot of those teams, uh, even, you know, whether you're at the top of the list or at your bottom right now, they're, they're having identity issues. You know, you got these good players, you got these good coaches, but like you said, then you see these calls and you're just like, what's going on here? So it's real. So like you said, I think, I just, I just think Syracuse is always one of those gritty, um, you know, East Coast teams that we don't always, uh, we don't always put in the match unless it's basketball season. That's a whole, that's a whole other thing. Then you really know who Syracuse is. But like you said, I, I like, I like Syracuse in this one, even for a one. And I, I don't really like to always take games that are with such a, with one, one and a half. But I, like I said, I think Syracuse, I think Syracuse gets it done at home uh, for at one and a half as well. Fair enough, fair enough. Now let me uh, go ahead and hit the other game with a little local flavor. We have uh, the Western Kentucky Hilltoppers traveling on down the road, uh, take on the Hoosiers of Indiana. Indiana is a, a six-and-a-half-point uh, favorite in that one. Uh, well, what are you thinking about the Hoosiers and the Hilltoppers? Uh, actually, I, I put this one down as one of my games too because I thought it would be a local favorite. I actually like Western Kentucky. I like Western Kentucky in this one. I had them okay. at six and uh, I, I'm going to go with them now even more with six and a half because I like them on the road. Western Kentucky and, and Indiana, another two, another two teams, those two Midwestern teams that you know that produce a lot of talent. Uh, in fact, uh, Ole Miss has gotten some con- a lot of talent from Western Kentucky in the transfer portal. So you know, I, I just think that uh, I think this is going to be a really good uh, Midwestern matchup. You know, two underdogs. Uh, you know, often spoilers in the bigger picture, but I'm going to take what I like Western Kentucky at six and a half um, on the road uh, against the Hoosiers and uh, the under, I think is 61 and a half. I'm going to take the under in that game as well. All right. All right. Absolutely. And I'm going to go ahead and, and uh, agree with that. I, I think that I, I lean Indiana, but that's six and a half. Like I think Indiana is going to win the game, but I also don't think they're going to cover the number. Like I, I can see. You know, yeah, exactly. I think, I think, I think when you get above four or five with those kind of teams that you, you don't know how they're going to play. I mean, this could very well go into a high scoring game. Yeah, just like you see, it is hard to tell, but like I said, for six points, I like Indiana to win, but I think Western Kentucky can, can hang within the six and a half. Absolutely. Yeah, we're, we're in agreement on that. So now I got a very – this one uh, is I, – I, I don't even know if you even would have thought this one would have been on the board for me, but I, it's just a very intriguing game. You have 2-0 and o California traveling uh, across the country to take on 0-2 Golden Domers and Notre Dame. Notre Dame has come out of the, the, the gate about as slowly as possible. They're 0-2, so you got 0-2 Notre Dame at home, 2-0 California coming on the road. But Notre Dame is the 12-and-a-half-point favorite. So what would you do with that one? 
I think that's like that Pitt Tennessee game, Notre Dame. <laughs> Eagles. Yes. I mean, I really do. I think because everyone and everyone was surprised about Pitt and Tennessee. I think Notre Dame, even though it's off to that kind of start, it's still Notre Dame. And when you talk about the Vegas lines, they're going to be the favorite. Yes. But I like those. I, we forget about those West Coast teams because there really hasn't been a lot of a lot of buzz in the pack for a long time. And those West Coast teams like USC and Cal and everything, but they're back on the rise slowly but surely. And maybe because they're a couple hours behind the rest of the world sometimes that we forget about them but I like Cal I like Cal against Notre Dame even even if it's in in for that point margin even if it's in the bend and all that kind of stuff I'm going to go with Cal I just think that Notre Dame is getting a is getting the advantage because it's Notre Dame regardless of the performance I think Cal's going to come on the road and again like a lot of these underdogs just like Appalachian State came into Texas A&M uh, we may not win but we're going to prove a point you know and I think Cal's in the same mentality against Notre Dame and, and I like that 12 points, so I'm going to take Cal on that one. Interesting. Yeah, and, and I just thought that was just a huge – I'm like 12 and a half. Goodness gracious. Like, any team that's, that starts out with two wins, I just feel like they should they should get – especially if they're from a power five. I could understand if it was like a group of five team, like if, you know, I don't know, I don't want to say San Diego State, but, you know, na- name your directional California school coming out here. You know, if it was, you know, Cal Northridge or something, like I could understand that. Yeah. But, the Golden Bears, you know, only, uh, you know, having get, getting 12 and a half points on the road, that's, you know, that that one kind of stood out to me a little bit. Now we're going to get to a couple of the bigger games, a couple of the uh, ranked matchups. Um, we have, uh, here got those BYU, BYU Cougars. Now, BYU, I hated on them uh, last time, and they made me look bad uh, in week one. Um, so we got BYU undefeated, 2-0, and on the road, heading to Eugene. They're taking on the Oregon Ducks. Uh, who are one and one? Of course, Oregon uh, still uh, kind of licking their wounds after Georgia just kind of took them behind the woodshed and just beat them down horribly. Um, Oregon is a three and a half point favorite at home in this game, according to Caesar Sportsbook. Um, what do you think about that one? This is a matchup. I'm I'm glad we put this one on. This is a matchup that uh that I've gone back and forth because, like you said, BYU is one of those teams that surprised me. Oregon surprised me too. I didn't think that they let Georgia take them to the woodshed that bad, and I didn't think BYU was going to rise. BYU is always another spoiler team. They play really good. They play exceptionally fast. But you never know what you're getting. And this one, I feel like you're not going to know. You're not know what you're going to get off the jump. Both of these teams are going to come to play and everything. I like BYU at three and a half. I don't like them enough against Oregon at home because I feel like Oregon is trying to be kind of on a redemption tour already very early in the third week. And I like them for a slim margin. So I think Oregon at home is going to have a big game today, and I'm going to take them to cover at three and a half. Very nice, very nice. Yeah, and you know what? I I don't know if I'm just biased because, you know, all the negative uh, negativity around the BYU program, but I, I tend to agree with you. I, I, I think I like Oregon in the three and a half. I mean, that, that three and a half does scare me a little bit um, because you can just kind of get beat on the hook with that, that half point <laughs> on a field goal. But I do, exactly. I, I do agree with you. Like, I feel like Oregon, after getting embarrassed by Georgia, they've got to do something to come out and, you know, kind of save some face. And, and prove that they deserve their, that early season ranking. I think they were, what, ranked number 12, I think, when Georgia put that beat down on them. So, exactly. Uh, and now I think they're at, they're at 25. So, yeah. I mean, if they don't – not that it – I mean, not right now. I mean, rankings, you can feel how you want about rankings. But Oregon, you know, is trying to try to get back up there because, you know, now with, with the way the playoffs and everything work and everything. So, if they don't win today, they're going to drop spots. And if they get far enough, depending how the schedule plays out, because I haven't looked at the rest of Oregon's schedule, 
you know, if you don't if you don't do well even early season in a conf, you know, conference game, non conference game, it could hurt you down the road. So Oregon's really fighting to stay up in in that top twenty five because from here on out, you know, they're really gonna have to push to be able to rise in the ranks. Absolutely. No, I, I definitely agree with you on that as well. Um, and now we're going to go down to your, your neck of the woods. We're going to head down into the, uh, into the uh, Southeastern Conference. Uh, we are not uh, touching that Ole Miss-Georgia Tech game because I feel like Ole Miss is going to just be able to name the number against Georgia Tech. Georgia Tech's offense is just too bad. So, yeah, I, I see Ole Miss with 17-point favorite. I, I'm guessing you're, you're taking Ole Miss in, in that uh, with giving up 17. Actually, I'm, I haven't decided who I'm going to take as far <laughs> really? as the line. I, I like, I, I, I know. I always go back and forth nowadays with, uh, you know, the way I look at things. It's really hard to pick <laughs> on an Ole Miss to take game because it could go either way. But I, I do feel comfortable in taking the under 63 points. I think that Coach Kiffin, um, they're going to play. They're going to play hard. They're going to play well. They're going to come out. You know, this is the first road trip yes. uh, before conference play. You know, we got Tulsa back at home, and then we open up the. SEC play against Kentucky. So, and then, you know, we're still trying to figure out the quarterback situation. Uh, we're told that, you know, both quarterbacks, Altemeyer and, uh, and, you know, uh, Dart are going to get some time this, you know, this game and everything. Mm-hmm. So I think they're still going to try to play it safe, try to stay healthy. That would be the smart move. Like I said, uh, I'm not Lane Kiffin and they don't pay me the six <laughs> figures to be able to, uh, to be able to make those calls. But, uh, but if I, but I think Ole Miss is going to keep it, um, you know, they're not going to play it safe. They're going to play it hard. But I, I still, th- I, I'll take the under in that si- under sixty three in that game. Fair enough. Fair enough. A- absolutely. And now the game that I, I definitely want your opinions on, which I think is a very, very interesting game, is Penn State uh, on the road. They co- coming off, you know, of course, the uh, comeback kind of pulled it out of their behinds victory over Purdue in Week One. Uh, Penn State is traveling down there uh, to to Jordan Hare. Uh, to take on Auburn, uh, who is unranked but two and zero coming into this game, Penn State is a two and a half point favorite in this game. So Auburn is actually getting points at home, a home dog in the SEC versus a, an opponent from the Big Ten. What do you think about that? That's another uh, matchup that I had circled, and I also have them at two and a half. Uh, Auburn, the underdog there. I think uh, it's not it's not surprised that Auburn uh, kind of got the boot in this one, just because uh, of the of all that's happened at Auburn, and I, there's just no certainty of what's going on. But I mean, the same can be said at LSU and other you know other SEC schools. But but I like Penn, uh, as, as Penn State. They always play gritty. It's just again, Penn State's one of those teams that you, they go up in there. They're either really on a on a roll and they play really aggressive. They make some big plays or you're just like what are you doing was that the team that I saw last week was that the same aggressive bringing on the defense and everything so I feel like even though Penn State has put on some put on some strong showing you're not you don't know what you're going to get but on the same side of the board you don't know what you're going to get at Auburn and I like Auburn to make a rebound here um at two and a half at the Plains um against Penn State very nice and yeah you know what I I am going to say that I I don't know if it's just the 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 mystique of the SEC, but every time I see like Penn State, I don't know if if I just trust Franklin enough. Like Fra- Franklin is a guy who he gives and he takes away. You know, he he so some games he looks like he's the guy who was just a little bit smarter than everybody at Vanderbilt that took the job at Penn State. And other times he just doesn't look. He's hot and cold. And, and this game going down exactly. on the road, traveling traveling south. I love the fact that that Auburn's getting uh, points because I, I do think that Auburn's going to get the outright win in this one. I, I just think that you go, you're coming down to their stomping grounds. I you know put Penn State in that their pretty little blue and white uniforms. 
I, I just feel like they, they're going to get down there and get into a street fight with Auburn. And, and I think Auburn's going to find a way to get it done. 3.30 CBS, big-time cameras, big-time lights, you know, all the pageantry of the CBS broadcast. That, that's SEC's home. Like, And I know CBS is now going to be doing the, the Big Ten games too, but that's still the home of the SEC. So get, get me Auburn. In that one, I'll take Auburn. I'll take them two and a half points. <laughs> um, uh, I'm right there with you. Absolutely, absolutely. And, and uh, I think for, let me see, the last one, because I am going to ask you about Kentucky Youngstown, but that's just going to be kind of at the end extra. Um, I, I do want to go ahead, of course, and get the uh, feature ESPN uh, Saturday night football game. Miami traveling on the road, Texas A&M. Um, everybody is just all upset. Leanne uh, made her prediction of App State, and, and App State got the upset, and, and, and Leanne done upset everybody in Aggieland because she she cursed A&M to lose that game because of her prediction last week. <laughs> so A&M is 1-1. One one. Miami is undefeated, ranked number 13. Texas A&M is ranked number 24. Uh, Miami is the undefeated team. A&M is the 1-1 one one team. But – Texas A&M is a six-point favorite at home. Who are you liking that one? This is another tough one, uh, to, like I said, because A&M's having a lot of struggle right now. Haynes King, you know, the quarterback and everything, who's going to be their anchor guy, obviously, with injuries, you know, trying to figure out, scramble who they're going to be, their backup guys and everything. So there's a lot of questions. But if anybody knows a Miami team, it's going to be a Jimbo Fisher, obviously. But I really like Miami in this one. I, I, I like Miami on the road. Uh, after watching them the last couple games, I feel like they're on a good footing, especially in the ACC. I think Miami's going to make a run uh, with as wide open as the ACC is right now. I like Miami to be down the road in the conversation, perhaps a playoff team or pretty close to it. And I think they're well on their way. And I think it's going to it's going to start again here tonight with a with another uh, big showing at A and M. Now A and M is coming off a lot of loss. So when A and M comes off a lot of loss, again we see what they did with Alabama. They they took them to the woodshed and I it could very well turn into this tonight. But I am gonna say that Miami's gonna hang in with, with them. It's not gonna be it might not be a high scoring game, but I'm gonna take Miami to cover five and a half or six, six points, you said definitely six points. Now I'll take Miami uh, on the road Another bowl, another bowl prediction, but I think Miami's going to hang on the road and, and be very speedy for A and M and and try to and try to take control of the game early. I can see Cristobal running it running it up early to try to wear out the the gas over in College Station. And uh, I'm going to take the under. I think I had it at 47 and a half. Maybe it's a little bit lighter now, yeah, but I'm going to take the under in that game. Mm-hmm. I'm going to take the under in that game. Okay, okay, and, and you know what? This is one that I, I've gone back and forth. I was actually on a podcast with a Heisman Trophy winner, Charlie Porter, earlier this week, and my buddy Lloyd Spence um, doing their podcast, getting ready for a Florida State game, and we were doing picks. And and early in, you know, I that my you know my thoughts on the game were that I picked Texas A and M, and my biggest reasoning behind it was just the fact that A and M coming off that loss. Um, there's a certain level of pride that goes in with playing football for the teams at the very top, and especially for a team in the state of Texas to go out there to be embarrassed the way they, the way they were. Like they look down their nose at those types of upsets when they see Appalachian State go up there and beat Michigan or beat Tennessee. You know, those are things that don't happen in the deep south in football. Uh, you know, especially in Texas. So I I, I just feel like Texas A&M is going to have a lot of 
pride swirling. They're going to be crazy. They're going to be desperate. The thing that gives me pause, Leanne, is the the talk of the, you know, the kind of the rotating quarterbacks or not really knowing who the quarterback is. Um, and, and for that reason, I just I, – I, I don't like – I don't like it. I, I like I don't like it for AM anymore. Like I, I liked it on Wednesday. Like and I, I was I was going Texas AM, but I think I'm gonna come over to your side. It's, like you've convinced it, it's me. That, it's that game. It's a rock and a hard place. And I'm right there with you. There's no <laughs> there's no place like I'll tell you, I'll tell you. Um and all my Longhorn family, A and M family, Texas family that that roots for the A and Mers and roots, you know, and the gig and all that. You know, you can't beat that spirit and that momentum and people don't realize that factors in a lot to when you play. It's not just about the X's and O's, the atmosphere and all that really does play into how the game but you know, it's one of those games I might not touch it this week because like you said, I Wednesday I liked A and M for yes. the same reason that you go down the road because it's back and forth because it's it's like it's like anticipating in a horse race, you know, how are they going to come out the gate? You know, and that's kind of how I feel with the with this game. And, and you're absolutely right because, like you said, A&M does not want to get their ass whooped again and be embarrassment yeah. down in College Station. Yeah. And Jimbo Fisher's not going to have that against Miami of all people. So, like I said, it, that's one of those games that you can go either way. You can probably talk yourself into picket either way, too. I'm telling you, it's just, it's, it's – a lot of there's a lot of games with pride on the line this week. Like that, that that's the thing about it. There may not be a lot of ranked matchups, but there's a lot of teams and games out there where it seems like one team has a you know has something to prove, and the other team is trying to prove that that they're real. Um, and I think we're kind of seeing that play out over and over and over again with several of these matchups. So it's definitely going to be interesting. Uh, Leanne, I, I really appreciate all your picks. Do you have, uh, before we get you out of here, do you have any, any other games that, that, we, that, that we need to keep an eye on or did, did we hit all the goodies for you this week? We did hit all the games, but I'm going to give you guys. I always like to give uh, give y'all a, bo- a couple bonus ones. Uh, yes. Two games that I two games that I really like, of course, out of the way. Uh, I like Liberty uh, at the on the road against number 19 Wake Forest. Of course, both of them are two and zero, but uh, I the point uh, the spread went up uh, for half a point, so I'm going to take Liberty to cover at 17 points on the road. I really like that one, and also another odd one is a uh, two Texas two Texas arrivals. Uh, one you might may or may not have heard of Texas State hits the road against number seventeen Baylor. Both of them are one and one. Uh, there's a uh, the Texas State uh, uh, is thirty point underdog, and I'm going to take that as my wild card matchup of the week. And I'm going to take Texas State to cover at thirty on the road against Waco because if you've ever been to Waco, Texas, well, that's maybe why the Baylor Bears and their basketball team can be very good because there's nothing to do in Waco. <laughs> so I'm going to take I'm going to take Texas State. I'm going to take Texas State. Maybe not to upset, but I think. It's, I think that it's the year of the underdogs, and I think, like you're saying, a lot of the matchups we see uh, this week are, are, you know, are, are for bragging rights, are for yep. pride, and uh, pride can go a long way. Because, like I said, I think we're seeing a lot of the, you know, the underdog teams getting a chance on the big stages against these Power Five teams, and they're showing how they can hang. So, like I said, um, those are my two matches: Liberty at 17 over, uh, over in at Wake Forest, and then of course Texas State heading to Waco. Uh, take those Texas State boys uh, for 30. 30 this week to cover. There we go. Well, Leanne, we definitely appreciate you coming in there, giving us the picks. Very, very excited and appreciate. I like that. This gives me something to look at, you know, throughout the whole day and just see how we go. So I definitely appreciate appreciate your time. Let everybody know real quick where, where they can check out everything that you're doing right now. 
they can follow uh, my recruiting as well as anything on SEC and Ole Miss Athletics at uh, therebelwalk.com. You can follow me on Twitter at MissKYUS2011. Follow us over at The Rebel Walk at uh, The Rebel Walk on Twitter and The Rebel Walk on Instagram. And like I said, uh, working on getting some stuff up for, for us uh, over at Main Event Sports. A lot of good things coming, hoping to bring some NFL lines. Uh, oh. But that'll be, another, that'll be another time for another show because the <laughs> NFL, of course, is just – that's a whole other ball game, and you got to get up on that level. But uh, exci- always excited to come on, uh, come on the show and uh, give some picks and everything. So let's see how we do this week. Look forward to it again next week. There we go. Thank you so much, Leanne. Hells up. All right, bye-bye. There we go. Hey, and you know what? It's time to go. Appreciate you guys. We out.